0: Welcome to the Rock Quiz, or as it is known around here, the little-known and even-less-cared-for-fact Rock Quiz and Stomp. I'm your friendly neighborhood quiz master, Mike McCarthy. The little-known and even-less-cared-for-fact Rock Quiz is all about the history of rock and roll. We'll continue to examine the roots, the stars, the sex, drugs, and rock and roll, the good, the bad, and the ugly, from the animals to ZZ Top. The format's simple. We will continue our rock version of a National Geographic trip. Eventually we're going to wind up in England and Ireland before this whole thing concludes. This is your announcer with this programming reminder. It should be noted that no AI, i.e. Artificial Intelligence, was harmed in the making of this fine podcast. You could even say that no intelligence at all was used in the making of this fine podcast. Remember, at the Rock Quiz, the facts are facts. The quizzes are made up, and the points don't matter. We put Tulsa in our rearview mirror, thankfully leave Oklahoma, and head north to the city by the shore, as they used to say at WLS in Chicago. Chicago, Illinois. And here's your first little-known and even less cared-for-fact quiz question. In Chicago, who is Fanny Farmer? A, a stripper on the north side. B, a Chicago proctologist. C, a Chicago chocolatier. D, a Chicagoland grocery store chain. Let me repeat that. In Chicago, who is Fannie Farmer? A, a stripper on the north side. B, a Chicago proctologist. C, a Chicago chocolatier. And D, a Chicagoland grocery store chain. Fanny Farmer Chocolate has been around for an eon in Chicago. It is one of the best chocolate companies you could ever visit. Their little mints are just yummy, and their truffles are just, oh my god, to die for. Fanny Farmer, next time you go there, visit Fanny Farmer. And by the way, uh, Gino's Pizza on Rush Street is still the best Geno's in Chicago. This is your announcer saying This is your announcer saying The staff of this fine podcast Have researched and vetted The little known and even less cared for Facts Using reference material provided by The Rolling Stone The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame The Motown Museum Numerous artist and label websites Wikipedia And personal remembrances By friends and relations But since it has been known that the World Wide Web is perhaps sometimes incorrect in its facts. If you find a fact you feel is incorrect, please email us at quiz at gmail.com. Remember, the facts are facts, the quizzes are made up, and the points don't matter. When we're talking about Chicago, we talk about... A lot of guys that have been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, including Sam Cooke, Muddy Waters, who is buried in the Chicago suburb of Alsip, the Impressions with Curtis Mayfield, the Staple Singers, Earth, Wind & Fire, Buddy Guy, Miles Davis, the Paul Butterfield Blues Band, Cheap Trick, well, they're actually out of Rockford, and here's our next little-known and even-less-cared-for fact, Rock quiz question. Before they renamed themselves Chicago, they were known as CTA. What did CTA stand for? A. The Chicago Teachers Association B. The Chicago Transit Authority C. The Cubs Trainers Assistance D. The Chicago Tokers Alliance Let me repeat that. Before they renamed themselves Chicago, they were known as CTA. What did CTA stand for? A. The Chicago Teachers Association. B. The Chicago Transit Authority. C. The Cubs Trainers Assistance. D. The Chicago Tokers Alliance. Chicago, from Chicago, began calling themselves Chicago Transit Authority in 1968. Unfortunately, the CTA took umbrage of that and they had to change the name or risk all sorts of lawsuits. I had a chance to see them when they were still CTA as the lead-in act for Jimi Hendrix in Indianapolis in, well, Dinosaurs still ruled the earth and Hendrix was still alive so you know how long ago that was. They were self-described as a rock and roll band with horns. They often combined elements of classical music, jazz, R&B, and pop music. Billboard ranks Chicago ninth on the Top 100 Greatest Artists of All Time. In 1971, they were the first rock act to sell out Carnegie Hall for a week. The group has received 10 Grammy nominations, winning one for the song If You Leave Me Now. I think there were others who were a lot better, but oh well, it's the Grammys. Uh, The first album, Chicago Transit Authority, which is still my favorite, was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame in 2014. The original lineup of Chicago was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2016. They also received a Lifetime Grammy Achievements Award in 2020. Programming reminder. As much as I would love to play the tunes referenced here, due to royalty concerns, i.e., I can't afford the fees, I suggest you check them out on YouTube or Google. But if enough of you indicate you'd be willing to subscribe to this fine podcast or contribute to it, email me at mikesrockquiz at gmail.com. Remember, the facts are facts, the quizzes are made up, and the points don't matter. Time now for a little-known and even-less-cared-for-fact rock quiz question. Graham Nash wrote a song about Chicago. What event did it reference? A. Mrs. O'Leary's Cow and the Chicago Fire B. The Invention of Deep Dish Pizza C. The Chicago Police Riot and the Chicago 8 D. The Trial of Rudy Bogloyavich Let me repeat that. Graham Nash's Chicago refers to the anti-Vietnam War protests during the 68 Democratic Convention in Chicago and the trial of the Chicago Eight. The first line of the song goes, so your brother's bound and gagged and they've chained him to a chair. That refers to Bobby Seale, the Black Panther leader, who was, in fact, gagged and chained due to rulings by Judge Julius Hoffman, who was really something else. You'll remember the last time we left John and Marcia, they were in Noah's Arkansas, where they were having their differences. Mm, let's mm. listen. Mm. Here, John, have one of my differences. They're tutti fruity flavored. Well, thank you, Marcia. Here, have one of my differences. They're cherry flavored. Mm, no, thank you, John. Mm. I've had enough differences. Let's just put our differences aside. Be with us again next time when John breaks his model airplane and has to perform plastic surgery. You know, a lot of strange shit has happened in Chicago, from Mrs. O'Leary's cow, the curse of the goat, to riding a baseball game. And here is the next little-known and even less cared-for fact rock quiz question. In 1979, between games of a doubleheader between the White Sox and the Tigers, a riot broke out. Why? A. They ran out of bratwurst. B. A disco demolition and cheap beer. C. The pungent aroma of dead alewives wafting in from the Lake Michigan beaches. D. Harry Carey singing. Let me repeat that. In a baseball game between the White Sox and the Tigers, a riot broke out. Why? A. They ran out of bratwurst. B. A disco demolition and cheap beer. C. The pungent aroma of dead alewives wafting in from the Lake Michigan beaches. D. Harry Carey singing. Disco demolition night was a promotion in 79 at Comiskey that ended in a riot. See, what happened was that uh, Steve Dahl, who was a disc jockey for the Loop in Chicago, had this really, really hatred for disco, which, of course, nobody really blames him. So anyway, they decided to explode a bunch of disco records on the field. They did. There was a huge explosion, and everybody went nuts. Officials for the White Sox had hoped for a crowd of about 20,000. At least 50,000 showed up. After Steve Dahl blew up the collected records, thousands of fans then stormed the field and remained there until dispersed by riot police. Ah, disc jockeys. Time now for another little-known and even less cared for fact Rock Quiz Question. Chicago has a lot of nicknames. Which one of these is not? A, the Windy City, B, the Hog Butcher to the World, C, the City of Broad Shoulders, D, the City of Sports Champions. Let me repeat that. Chicago has a lot of nicknames. Which one of these is not? A, the Windy City, B, the Hog Butcher to the World, C, the City of Broad Shoulders, D, the City of Sports Championships. Okay, that was not a toughie. Let's face it, when you've got the Cubs and the White Sox and the Bears, you're not going to have a lot of sports championships. As a matter of fact, Los Angeles is first when it comes to the number of sports championships, followed by Boston, New York, Philadelphia, and Dallas. Chicago doesn't even make the top ten. There were a lot of really neat rock bands to come out of Chicago back then. The Shadows of Night, the Crying Shames, the Buckinghams, the Ides of March, One of my all time favorite songs was Vehicle, and we just think about the lyrics in Vehicle. I'm a friendly stranger in a black sedan, won't you hop inside my car? You kind of. (laughs) Different time. Uh, The New Colony Six, Sticks, Survivor, ARIO Speedwagon, and Cheap Trick. And speaking of Sticks. Time now for another little known and even less cared for fact rock quiz question. Where did sticks get its name a a pickup kids game b a river of the underworld c a candy bar d a house the little pigs lived in let me repeat that where did sticks get its name a a pickup kids game b a river of the underworld c a candy bar d a house that little pigs lived in. The goddess Styx was also a river, in her case, a river of the underworld. Ah, in the Iliad, (laughs) the river Styx forms a boundary of Hades, the abode of the dead in the underworld. Styx the band released four consecutive albums certified as multi-platinum between between 77 and 81, The Grand Illusion, Pieces of Eight, Cornerstone, and Paradise Theatre. Paradise Theater was the number one album in the U.S. in 81, and The Best of Times reached number three, while Too Much Time on My Hands, one of my favorites, was also a top ten hit in the U.S. Kilroy Was Here was their last major hit album with the single Mr. Roboto, the Mr. Roboto Tour. Overall, Styx had eight songs that hit the top ten in the U.S. Seven of their eight top ten singles were written and sung by founding member and lead singer Dennis DeYoung. And back in the 80s, the mid-80s, I was working at 95 Rock in Birmingham. And Dennis DeYoung and Tommy Shaw came on the show. And they did an acoustic version of Don't Let It End, which was amazing. The phones lit up. It was just an absolutely great experience. Love those guys. You'll remember the last time we left John and Marsha. They were in, I don't know, Alaska. And they were breaking up. (laughs) (laughs) Let's listen. (laughs) Be with us again next time when John gets kicked out of school for standing on his principles. And speaking of Chicagoland bands. Time now for a little known and even less cared for fact rock quiz question. Where did REO Speedwagon get its name? A. A vintage truck. B. A vintage snow sled. C. A vintage Conestoga. D. A vintage baseball team. Let me repeat that. Where did REO Speedwagon get its name? A. A vintage truck. B, a vintage snow sled. C, a vintage Conestoga. D, a vintage baseball team. The band is named after a vintage truck called an ARIO Speedwagon. ARIO stands for Ransom E. Olds. You know Oldsmobile's? He founded ARIO Motor Car Company in 1904. ARIO Speedwagon was from Champaign. A bunch of the guys went to the University of Illinois. As an IU fan, I go, nah, nah, nah. Uh, their best selling album was High Infidelity in 1980, and they sold 10 million copies of it. One of my favorite albums is You Can Tune a Piano, but You Can't Tune a Fish. It was released in 1978 and has one of the most creative album titles of all time. We played a bunch of stuff on the radio, including Roll with the Changes and Time for Me to Fly. High Infidelity was kind of a change going more pop-oriented. Singles like Keep on Lovin' You, Take It on the Run. High Infidelity sold over 10 million copies. Two years later, the band released Wheels' Are turnin with the number one hit single, Can't Fight the Feelin'. And here's our next little-known and even less cared-for fact, Rock Quiz Question. TV producer Dick Wolf sets a number of his TV shows in Chicago. Which one of these is not a Dick Wolf production? Is it A, Chicago Fire, B, Chicago Med, C, Chicago PD, D, Chicago Proctology? Let me repeat that. Which one of these is not a Dick Wolf production? A. Chicago Fire B. Chicago Med C. Chicago PD D. Chicago Proctology the first three are part of the trilogy of Chicago successful Dick Wolf Productions. He also had another one called Law or something that only went up a season and sucked. Uh, Chicago Proctology, I think that's uh, one of the guys from the old Bob Newhart show. But anyway, Dick Wolf received a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. In uh, 2013, he also was inducted into the Television Academy Hall of Fame as well. He's had numerous Emmys, starting out as a writer for Hill Street Blues. And then, of course, the incredible Law & Order franchise. Ding, ding! Moving right along, Chicago is also the home of Chess Records. Chess was established and run by two Polish immigrant brothers, Leonard and Phil Chess, The company was described by a critic as America's greatest blues label. In 51, the brothers began their association with Sam Phillips of Sun Records, netting them one of the most important early songs of rock and roll, Rocket 88, by Jackie Brenson and his Delta Cats... The band was actually Ike Turner's King of Rhythms band, and the song was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1988 in recognition of its influence on rock and roll. As mentioned, a lot of chess artists came out of Memphis, including Howlin' Wolf, Bo Diddley, Willie Dixon, Chuck Berry, Muddy Waters, Buddy Guy. A bunch of the songs created by those guys were later covered by folks like The Rolling Stones, Fleetwood Mac, The Beatles, The Beach Boys, and Eric Clapton, just like many of the other labels at the time, were notorious for their underpayment of royalties. Because of that, they were sued by Howlin' Wolf in 1974, Willie Dixon in 1976, and Muddy Waters, as well. Holland Wolf's claim for $2.5 million was settled after his death. Some of the other chess artists included the Flamingos, the Moonglows, Fontella Bass, Billy Stewart, the Dells, and the Ramsey Lewis Trio. While we're on the topic of Chicago, you know, it is in the Midwest. And one of the things that is so unique about the Midwest back in the 60s and the 70s with a huge 50,000-watt top 40 radio stations, CKLW in Detroit, WLS, and WCFL in Chicago. They were very similar in a lot of ways, great jocks, great contests, playing great music, covering huge amounts of North America. And something else. They all featured drag strip commercials, no, not that kind of drag. <laughs> you don't want to get Ron DeSantis in another hissy fit, okay? Drag strip commercials were all about the drag races, and they all were very, very similar in the way they were presented. First of all, you had the bed of What I Say by Ray Charles, you know, the one that goes, din, 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 din. <laughs> Sorry. And then you've got two jocks. One goes... Sunday, the other one goes, Sunday at beautiful Motor City Dragway. In Grand Rapids, Skip Essex and I used to do the Martin US-131 Dragway strip commercials, (laughs) and it kind of went like that. Anyway, I wanted to play for you a takeoff that we did in 1976 at KAKC in Tulsa. Morning. Morning! 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 At beautiful KAKC! Hear the greatest names in radio history! Larry Kamakazi Clark! Big Daddy Bob Hendricks! Like Homo Town McCarthy! Morning. Morning! Morning! Here, fender-flapping traffic reports! Dual-injected McCarthy meters! Nitro-guzzling newscast! Hear the nation's top recording on his panel side by side! Spinning around the turntables at the unheard-of speeds of up to 45 revolutions per minute! Morning! Morning! Morning. At beautiful KAKC! Radio, radio capital of Mid-America! America. You're the reason we do what we do. We do it for you on KAKSU. That's it for the little known and even less cared for fact rock quiz and stomp podcast number five. Don't fail to miss our next exciting adventure as we head west to Minnesota and then to the lovely and talented Pacific Northwest. I'm your friendly neighborhood quizmaster Mike, saying bye-bye.